Good to be here. <laughs> That's what you. <laughs> your stuff went somewhere, man. Where'd you your know, stuff go? My stuff is off and not acting right, but I'm fixing it. You can't. You can't. You know what? You have to clap for yourself. You have to clap for yourself, man. Good morning, everybody, man. There are those Mondays that are difficult, that are difficult to handle, that are difficult to do because you're recuperating. And I must admit, I am totally recuperating based on the events that we did mm -hmm. uh, for the for the for the weekend. We had a wonderfully active weekend. It started with the wonderful Friday night agenda that had Tyrone Dubois coming by for Mario's Magic Mixtape. We did our favorite male vocalist. And then we had the award-winning I, Victor, with Miko's challenge going on at 9. So that was a busy night. And plus, we were testing things after that for a Saturday show that was here with Nils. Right. Producer, songwriter, guitarist. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a great, hot, wonderful evening here, Saturday night with Nils. The stuff is going up as I speak. And so you'll be able to go and get and watch that. It should be today. It should be today. It's going right. up right now. Most people don't realize. You don't. Well, they don't care. But you have to realize, hey, what's up, you guys? <laughs> good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to the world. Uh, Mario and I haven't really even gone over anything since the um, our event on Saturday. Do you realize, man, that from Friday evening, starting showtime at 8 o'clock, Till, I guess you can say nine o'clock, official stop time uh, on Saturday night. You know how many shows? That's that's three shows in less than about what fifteen hours, sixteen, seventeen hours. You hadn't you didn't think about it that way, right? You didn't think about it. That you didn't way. think about it. back to back on Friday, roll in, and then you actually got started earlier because you had to do the rehearsal stuff and set up testing when they got here, which was around two thirty or three. So literally. You're going one, two, three, and hauling equipment, <laughs> moving and setting up. Because we couldn't set up because half the equipment was for the night before. So that's yeah. why. That's why you are. <laughs> that's I want to thank those of you who tuned in. I want to thank all the folks that came, that came by. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephanie Ray. Jamel came by. Thank you, Jamel. Oh yeah, uh, I brought a friend, Roy. Wonderful, he'll be coming back. I wish I knew some more was good under some of like Roy's last name, but he's a gifted artist, right? From what we hear, so we wanted to hear more about him and other folks that were there. 
Motorcycle. Tony Pickett. Yeah, Motorcycle Dan. I motorcycle call him, Dan. I call him Motorcycle. There you go. Hey, Humboldt County, if you ever see this, you know, had some uh, some people that was up from way up in Humboldt County, had his clothing line here. So, you know, you hey, look, he was inspiring, you know. Michelle, their crew, how you doing, Michelle? And now that you got to see the example, get rid of you guys. You might see a different type of content, a different type of show. I don't want to say anything. We're discussing when that can happen. So we may have a couple of holiday affairs happening uh, in December, and we're going to go after this with the possibility that the weather is a challenge. The heaters, the the challenge. one thing I will say, yeah. our heaters were up to the task for the most part. The yeah. column heater, and then we had the new fireplace. But the equipment. The fireplace. It still was getting wet the, the, and damp. That's right. So while we, while we were and, right here, they and, got dew. So I, Mountain I, dew. Nils didn't think about it. This is something else to think about because we've always said this. The, the people were fine because the, the way everybody was dressed, it was like it was a tropical, not a tropical night, but not a overwhelmingly cold night. But we never thought about the computers and the, te- and the equipment, man. I, it just... That's a lesson. Well, all you got to do is cover stuff up. The, the thing that's so interesting, it's always worked for us, Vic, because we know we could put a, an awning up. Remember, like the one we had one before, yeah. like an awning. Yeah. Except they were one of the big LA storms. Right. The awning ended up almost two blocks away. Not good in the for a lot. Not good to have that happen. It if you blew don't away. It was right. actually blue. It shows you the power of these storms. Right. So, uh, but anyway, so you can go look Neil's live at Pack Steel TV. It's going up there today as we speak. Are we doing the editing on the rehearsal too? And not well, the, the setup. We did a whole live thing, and that'll be available for people to see too. Right. Okay. Uh, thank you once again to everybody for coming out and joining. We've got now Vic officially mm-hmm. four thousand two hundred eighty-six members. Cool. At Pack right. TV. Cool. So I want to thank people for going by the web uh, the website. Y'all, I've been working hard on the website. You know, it's funny about stuff like that. You work long hours, and then you you guys don't really see it. What you mostly notice is a lack of problems. Right. But I've been fixing things. Our new broadcast Vic, at the website, mm-hmm. along with the now playing, that's up there, but it's not working yet. I'll be fixing that today. The now playing mm-hmm. bar, but it's up. It's know. not moving. Right. But all that will be fixed today. Right. And a bunch of other things. So we're getting our website up there. While we're also streaming, Vic, now using this new distribution. But we said, I, I was explain it one day technically, but basically you, you stream the, the video up to one spot on the web. Syndicate. Then, then they send it like five places. Right. Well, we have two, two of, of those accounts. Right. right. That's right. <laughs> okay, we can't, you know, we never can just do the regular Mm-mm. stuff. Mm-mm. So we have two of those accounts. So right now, Vic, we're doing all the new stuff plus the Ustream, the live stream. It's all going, plus we got all the platforms. Right. So I don't know if we have Twitter, Periscope. I have to double check that one. Yeah, you have to. That's, yeah. That was the issue. So everybody. Okay, so tomorrow night, Quiet Storm is back because last week I had to take off. Let me tell you something about that too last week. The reason why I took off last week is because a good friend of mine um, uh, who supports us so much, Lachelle Sargent, she invited me to a premiere at Warner Brothers. Now, Vic, this was a premiere 
from their digital, okay? Right. This is their digital stuff. It's called Stage 13 because it's it's a whole reason why that, because normally they don't have a Stage 13 because of superstition. But they made this new stage, the Stage 13, which is all digital. Okay. And what's so amazing, Vic, they're not planning for these shows to have network distribution. Okay. Not even cable distribution, really, for the most part. They're talking about internet. So these are shows developed for the internet. Special division. Right. That's why we were asked to come and take a look at it. Okay. And, and so I, I really loved what they were doing. I love what they were doing on a bunch of levels, Vic. And I got a chance to look at one, two, three, four, five, six different shows. Right. Which are acted out scripted shows that are developed really just for the web. The backbone is still the production house is Warner Brothers. They've, what they've done so. is they've gone out and gotten people who are doing things, doing shorts, and then they've empowered them with full, you know, production. I'll say it again. <laughs> See, I keep going. We'll go to, you know where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. All they're doing is saying, we're not going to do our traditional distribution model. A lot of money on the front end. Because they can't afford to do all those, flip those shows every season, and then they get canceled. And then all of a sudden, it's a horde of them, and that money is gone. So why not take it in an optional direction? And so it still gets the weight of their platform, but not the traditional practices. Well, of the that's what's show. amazing in the fact that they're not intending this for right. network delivery. Right. right. That's the part that most got me, that mm -hmm. they were doing it for the web. Right. So amazing stuff uh, Warner Brothers is doing. I, I like the shows. I'm wishing them well on this because when I see them do these kinds of things, I'm pleased because I think it's truly innovative. I wish that the folks who are behind this, including the producers, I wish and hope that they get the full support of the network, you know, because it's hard to prove the value of these things. Right. Initially, that's part of it. How you want to look at what kind of metrics. For example, it's hard to measure the weight of that branding as opposed to viewers, right? To be known for doing these kind of things. So anyway, yeah. we commend them and thank you, Lachelle Sargent, for that. Uh, we continue with the latest show in scripting, Mario Hemsley's, which records on Wednesdays. Who knows what time? It's one of those shows that's not scheduled for the most part. Some Wednesday afternoons at some point. This is the biographer, Emil Bonte, my buddy, who's doing the research on the book on me. The books, he's doing a couple. And so uh, I suggested that he do interviews live on the air, and that's what we're doing and recording them. So it's continuing in this friend this Wednesday. Uh, Friday Night Agenda, 1117. Uh, I'll be here by myself. Tyrone Dubois is not going to be here this Friday. Uh, and the theme for this Friday is Artists Who Redefine Jazz. And the show will include a Gil Scott Heron mini concert. So it's the, it's, this is for the artists who redefine jazz. All, you know, of course, my perspective on all of that. And uh, the Gil Scott Heron mini concert is part of that too, right about 15 minutes till. All right, and then immediately following the Marlowe's Magic Mixtape on Friday is the I, Victor, feature Miko's Challenge. What's, what's coming up, Vic? Any well, idea? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I can't give it away because part of that is giving you some kind of idea of a script. There is no script. Um, I can tell you from last week, uh, Miko didn't know that the show was going to be tabled with the real interaction 
of Hollywood producers and directors that she currently is involved with in projects. And the reality of how to deal with them now that you're, uh, you know, under a different umbrella, reality is real. So this is going to be ongoing for her. So it shifted a little bit. You guys didn't see no characters last week that uh, dealt with, say, Victor Garcon or uh, Twitching Mike or even I, Victor, even challenging, which is just me and my normal. So we went to a different route because part of the challenge is not just coming into the studio. And that's what we're bridging on the show. It's the walk of life challenges that happen outside. And then we try to do either enact them, empower or transfer the question. Is that the right move to make? And then last week it was about Miko and gifts from a producer called The Boots. So we'll see what happens this upcoming Friday because uh, there's a teaser in there. But you guys got to go watch the last of it. So I'm not going to tell you. You got to go watch the video. Now, take that. All right, we got the whole thing coming up today, you guys. Uh, we got the news, the hot picks, the sports. Uh, for the news, I can tell you my topics are today. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of an update. Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about the Texas shooter, a little more information that's coming out from his ex-wife. Wow, more of an indictment on the system and let him slip through the cracks. Uh, in terms of our weekly Trump disaster update, Vic, I'm going to talk about how the president, in, a, <laughs> in his Twitter rant, said he would never call Kim Jong-un short and fat. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. We'll be talking about that in our weekly Trump disaster update. Mar Mar Today in Mario's Marijuana for Dummies, uh, Colorado girl is suing Jeff Sessions to legalize medical marijuana nationwide, taking it to the courts. Uh, veterans with PTSD can now apply to use medical marijuana legally in New York City. It was announced on Veterans Day. Was Veterans Day usually a su Sunday? Las Vegas opens a new marijuana drive-through, <laughs> first of its kind in there the country. And now there's a new cannabis lube for those who want to heighten their sexual experiences with a cannabis infusing. <laughs> oh, that's crazy! <laughs> that's shit. a good one. Hey, Vic, what do you have for sports or hot picks? Um, for sports and hot picks, uh, it's real easy. I got it's the question. If anybody don't know, it's Paul Robeson or Robeson, unlike any other black athlete in American history. Great example, my brother. Okay. Great example. Question. Also, continue on professionals home away from home. We take it not only to part two, but, you know, uh, staying away from Southern Cal because that was a prime directive for last week's show. Now we're going to go global. So in part two, home away from homes. And then, of course, we're going to look at the changing of the guard in the NFC uh, division as all of a sudden the power play of uh, up and rising, uh, up and coming teams. They're rising hard, including is New Orleans for real. And it seems like AFC is the same old, same old. It's the Pats and everybody else is struggling, dragging their asses. But we'll get some updates. And then the NBA, there is. A streak going down with a certain team. Totally unexpected. It's a streak. We'll talk about it, man. We'll talk about it. Acknowledging the wonderful Facebook crowd out there. Got to say good morning and send out much love to my partners in crime, Mac McAllister and PMC. They're in the 
You know what's amazing? And then, oh, Eric just chimed in. Hey there, Eric Wilson. Hey. What's amazing is that now that we have such an integral Facebook connection, and it's very much integrated into what we do, that folks are watching the videos now in different places. So I notice right. that our regulars, like, you know, Mac PMC, right. now they're watching at Facebook. Now, we've installed a new broadcast machine, even updated the IMAX page, Vic. Now the IMAX page, besides the the youth, the three, um, the youth stream and the live stream includes the three uh, distribution points for us. Right. The two joycasters and Mixture.com. So right. the IMAX page has all our streams. Right. Just going out, just a bunch of visuals. You could look, watch different places if one ain't working you can watch another one so you have all that stuff so but i want to just take a minute to acknowledge all those facebook people were in your face (laughs) having the morning coffee yeah all right all right so write to us in there you know you know write to us on and uh on the thing and reach out and see the show yeah you know you remember eric wilson vick yep you know so Mm -hmm. you know mr hair supreme yes (laughs) <laughs> the supreme hair yep stylus oh, you know we know, we have some good friends like, what can I say good to hear from you hey you guys so now here's the latest slideshow animation I just did it this morning featuring the photos from last week's Friday Night Agenda which was the I Victor feature Meekles Challenge and the Magic Mixtape and Saturday's photos Neil's live here in the courtyard okay Oliver Cease Brown and Clydeen Jackson. And, uh, of course. Oh, Tony Saunders. There you go. Got to give it up for them. Yes. Take a look. Here's the video. We'll be right back. i 
the pictures. Yeah. I tried to fit them all in there. That made it move a little bit fast. I think. But uh, you got a chance to see it. Uh, wonderful weekend. Like they said, when I look when I look back on it, it was busy. Yeah, yeah. It was busy. With basically, it, let me just say this. Um, proving that you can actually do it with just two of us. Oh, you're <laughs> right. Because really, the and let me just say this. I want to th- I want to thank what I call people who are doing with the, the soft courtesy and assistance. Zenobia Millet, I want to thank you also. And for the quiche. Right. For the quiche and everything. Wonderful. Um, but for the most part, anybody else having responsibilities. Bef- uh, be- Trayvon <laughs> Haynes and email were helping me out. Thank right. you. And, and to, to look at it, the work is not during the show as much as it's the prep, take down, clean up before and then during and after. So technically, yeah, many thanks for those who helped out in the pinch during. But everything that you saw was going on. We were using our backs. See, that's why I keep telling hey, my ass, it's time man, to all you guys. You man. know what? And then prep for another show. A bit much. Oh man, Even that was. I'm working on doing things rough. on a smarter. Proving it. Yes, the question is: we got to organize all this storage of equipment, which we don't use, but so often that's a big deal. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's a, this is supposed stuff. to be transformative, and it's supposed to be easier. And we're trying to prove that you can actually organize it in a simplistic way. But when you start dealing, which I've always said, whenever you're dealing with bands, that by itself, without the streaming, without the platform, without everything else, is a job. And you can understand why facilities sit there and say, look, we're going to reap some benefits if it's going to be a hosting here. We're going to get alcohol. <laughs> we're going to get security services. And we're going to get all those other uh, things that go along with the atmosphere so that band can be featured or the artist and you understand why it's a business thing and it's very hard to pull this off just as a courtesy and just say oh i won't be wore out by it it wears you out imagine if you had to do this twice a week because what happens beforehand and after so now you do need a crew because there's nowhere in the world you could do this even if you did it four times you had a group for two months Band, five piece band. It was, you know, it, it was ambitious streaming all that stuff, both the pre-show, and I'm looking right now on Facebook, and uh, I'm looking right now on Facebook, and the episode that was there. Right. You know, there's a bunch of videos. There's there's uh, some pictures people, folks put up. There's Zenobia, uh, Niels, and I. Uh, but there's yeah, there's the whole thing here. What? And yeah, we recorded an hour and fifteen minutes, right, into Facebook. Okay. So, ambitious stuff. Yeah. Ambitious stuff. So, what can I say? Um, Meredith also gave me a hand. Meredith, build lasting value. Oh, cool! Big ups, Meredith. So what can I say? Hey, so are you guys ready for some news? There's a lot of news happening. <laughs> You're right. It's time for news. Yeah. It's the good news. The bad news. 
right, welcome everybody to the good news, the bad news, and the other shit. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order, in those proportions. <laughs> but let's just say, a bunch of things happening. One of the things we wanted to remind everyone is that we're going to continue. We're going to continue to remind you about the ongoing suffering in Puerto Rico and also in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I really want to go take some time and try to give you some more stuff. For example, on the um, wheel, I'm chasing you. You chasing me. Remember, that was, because I, I, you know what? I'm sitting there going like, well, wait, wait he's going to talk to me. He's going to talk to them. So uh, I'm going to continue to give you those updates for Puerto Rico and the U.S. But Vic, when you think about it, I'm not sure that things are going all so well in Florida and Texas. Oh, so you are? Are you saying that uh, Houston is all well, done? I wonder. That's what I wonder. We got, I, I'm, I'm going to go get some more. I have to take some time and do a little more investigation because it'll be out there. But I suspect, I suspect, just because I'm used to the infrastructure, that you're going to find that the support, the ongoing support efforts. Are going to vary by zip codes. <laughs> you mean like Katrina? Like Katrina. Yeah. So I don't hear much talk about it right now coming out of Texas or Florida. But so I'm going to go take it, go looking. But I'm continuing to look at Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, where things aren't going that well. You know, you've had a hundred thousand people migrate from Puerto Rico to New York. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. So I wanted to remind everybody, it's after seven weeks. They still, first of all, everybody needs to know the power grid in Puerto Rico was notoriously bad before this. Well, it shouldn't have been allowed to be bad. It's always a matter of money and what the government is willing to pay for. And the people of Puerto Rico, because they're treated like second-class citizens, what can I say? But there you go. Yeah. Things continue to do poorly. I had some pictures. What did I do with my pictures? Oh, here's my picture. Well, here's a picture from some folks in the Virgin Islands. You know, people are barbecuing every day. Water is a big issue. Right. Okay, now that's in the, these are U.S. citizens. Here's a picture. Where, come on. New generators and stuff. Guys working on the... But it was bad before. Why did we let it get bad? Why do we let our highways and bridges here in the U.S. get bad? Infrastructure issues, terrible there. So, again, Hmm. I want to remind everybody that it's still going on there. Okay, update. So the Texas shooter, the one everybody's been talking about, who went into the church and just unloaded with an automatic weapon. Hmm. Hmm. He shouldn't even semi or semi-automatic, whatever, semi-automatic. I don't. Um, Everybody. His ex-wife said that she tells a story of him putting a gun to her head and asking her, "Do you want to die?" Now I would consider that a red flag. (laughs) I would consider that a red flag. That's a sign. And once again, I guess because part of my issue as a physician has always been Vic. The ongoing problems with mental health care in this country. There should be a way to trigger people to acknowledge that you that maybe you it might see the issue is how much of your of your rights are we worried about? 
but you should be able to 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 make a call to alert the system and a social worker or examining team could go out and evaluate somebody based on the type of reports. But you have to invest in that infrastructure. The other thing is it makes a big deal, Vic, when you identify people like this, if you're going to do something for them. See, this is where it gets really weird in healthcare. It doesn't really help to identify people with problems if you don't do shit for them. The whole point of identifying them, yeah, I get an attitude because this is notorious in medicine. Yeah. You know, you can identify a problem. How about putting some resource toward the, it? So people do their part to alert us, right? So healthcare people have mm. been alerting us forever, Vic. And you and I have had this talk constantly yeah. about, about guys. And, and we still, it always turns up somewhere. How often in these disasters is there a history of mental illness? And there yeah. essentially is no good mental health care available on an ongoing basis in the United States for these type of situations that people can afford. They're not covered. Well, there's not enough coverage. To give you a set amount of visit, or how often? It's not managing the problems. Let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. When people stand up and they rise, do they actually launch change? Because complacency is that a lot of things can take place over the issues you talk about, whether it's health, infrastructure, everything relating to you know hurricane, disaster relief, the whole thing. If people actually stepped up and start to charge the arena where they're not getting the representation and services, the people now, not the politicians, do you think the cry would be louder? And when I say that, it's a rhetorical question at the same time, a direct one. So people are taking a stand on certain things. You see the media where they sit back and say, oh, I'm more concerned about the football players. I'm not going to watch their f- football games anymore. I don't like them doing that. So you're just taking a stand, right? Okay. You take a stand. Does everybody rise up to take a stand over people who will probably be not only current victims, future victims of gun violence? No. Mental health. You think if all of us st- stood up and said, okay, stop the bullshit. We all, we're marching. Remember the women when they march, right? And so I'm just saying, totally. has ha, has the have the people themselves? You know, I'm, no, I know the system. Not yet. So if it's not happening and they're waiting for the, I'm saying this, we're waiting for our wonderfully elderly statesmen of men and women to fight among themselves yeah, it doesn't in really Congress like and that. Senate, and then you wait. So you can't. The people have to march. They have to take a stand. And if they don't, you'll be dragging your asses complaining. Because when you back it up, it's like Puerto Rico. Everybody says you can walk that thin line. No hurricanes are coming. We are, we well, got poor stuff coming from the Democrats. If they're so concerned, I'm not even I'm not even thinking about them. And where when I say that, coming? I'm not even well, thinking about them, man. Because well, if they're, they're they're what 49 percent of the issue and 51 percent of a problem. The problem with everything is that when you want the public to take action, most of the time it requires some galvanizing force of people to get it going. In other words, 
leadership emerges in the form of That's individuals right. yes. who speak out yes. on a local grassroots level to get people organized. It usually takes that kind of an effort mm-hmm. as a groundswell. We're, we're not mad enough. Right. We're not mad enough at the you institution mean, of health care. We're not fighting, mad enough. But that's one of the ones. It's yeah. just like we're fighting sexual harassment now. Right. In Hollywood. Mm-hmm. This is, these are things which we hope will one day have its time. Yeah. Next week I'm going to be talking about the racism that's emerging at schools now because the battlefield ground is shifting. So that now that parents are taking all kinds of stances at the local schools relative to issues like racism. So I'll talk to you about that next week. For our weekly Trump disaster update, it turns out the president, you know, he's been doing his, his tour of Asia. And uh, I guess it's gone relatively well for him. He's been able to avoid some of the stuff that's going on back here, which he's going to be, well, here today, how they deal with that. Uh, but one of the unique rants in Twitter over the weekend that I had to bring up this morning is when he said he would never call Kim Jong-un, and I quote, I would never call him short and fat. I don't know if he, now he's insulting the short people and the fat people. For short and fat, Vic. I'll say another man. I still like. I, I'm sorry. It's only one thing I like when he said work Rocket Man." That that is that to me was just that was so cold because you know what that you know he says oh Rocket Man. The okay. president is you know he's he knows and he's those memorable. It's great for the media, right? You know probably danger more and more being recognized as a dangerous to us. Because of the issues of war. Right. And the Kim Jong-un comment, and when you're dealing with people who have nuclear weapons, yeah, it's a whole different thing, and that's what people are concerned about. You have more and more folks, you know, uh, John McCain and other folks are becoming more obviously anti-Trump in the media, questioning his ability. These are part of the steps that head toward impeachment. True. I predicted that the shit would hit the fan within 120 days on in the 522 show. I was really off by about 30 days. The shit has hit the fan, and that's what we're seeing. The president doing all these things, sort of to, sort of to, um, you know, I I would say to be a distraction from the things he doesn't want to deal with. So, but that's coming. Right. None of this media stuff works on Mueller. Any of that. So right. we'll see. Those things continue as we get closer and closer. The people now in the crosshairs. Right. Jared Kushner. Getting closer to home. The press secretaries. Okay. But people, they're getting the working there, starting to work their way through the White House staff. And again, in a minute, there'll be no way for the president to deny he's under investigation. And in the Seems meantime, me they don't want to say that. And in the meantime, everybody is understanding that. Well, if the Democrats stop spending so much time and going, nana nana nana, go get Trump. We are tired of all the bullshit, all the the steps, the Twitter, and all this. As long as they keep doing that fight, you know, you guys, they don't have to address the issues that you and I think are more important get something done you ain't you don't have to you don't have to complain anymore to me about what trump did let the investigation take place and so every time y'all step up don't monitor the twitter for me don't do that show me something you're gonna make change happen 
You ain't making change happen. I'm turning you off. That's the problem. Like we said, Hmm. the Democrats have been unable to take advantage of any of the anti-Trump sentiment. Hillary Clinton remains a laughingstock and actually continues to get more negative press. The more she talks, the more her book, all of that in the negative. And so those of us, I'm preaching independence and the whole indie movement. But we have to have... the. It's obvious the old stuff doesn't work. That's when you have to try something new. It's amazing to people. I understand you want to cling to what you're comfortable. Right. How's the quote? Mankind is more disposed to suffer while the evils are sufferable. Then to right this wrong by abolishing a form of government to which they are accustomed. In other words, you don't want to make change. No. But you're going to need to make change. Yes. That's the news. Ladies and gentlemen, good news. The bad news. And the other shit. I always bring you some free music. Love. The electrifying One of the regular cuts I bring you. Where do we go? Oh, man. I'll have a little smoke. We'll be right back with the marijuana for dummies. Coffee time. We're going to give me some coffee. You did? But you know I know how to do quick. And that's right, man. I got this. From love arises a booming energy. Sending the world a message in a bottle. There is more to show. As the love grows, it kicks into full bottle. The fused unit produces a message that becomes a more powerful whole powerful than the love in full. Facebook. 
Mancito and Silkwords. We use music that's part of the Creative Commons movement. This is music that is made available to you for free. You can share with your friends. That's right. And the artists retain their right for any commercial use, but they're spreading it around to you. You can go to ccmixter.org and also to the website dig.ccmixter.org and get some free music. All of this is available there for free, and that's why we can use it without fear of copyright violation. We can use it on YouTube. We can use it on Facebook. We can use it around the web, and that's why so much of the theme music you hear at Pack Stereo is from these sites. Indeed, we, we really appreciate and enjoy their existence. We're proud supporters of the Creative Commons movement. You ready to talk about some weed? <laughs> Everybody, marijuana for dummies—the the, the show that resists the miseducation of marijuana. We mm. seek to inform, and as part of that, we seek to understand that which we are informing you of. And for that, because of that, I am smoking marijuana this morning. Mm. Uh, cookies and cream, 
And I think I looked that up for you before, cookies and cream. I might look that up again. Well, well uh, while you, you do this stuff, you well, guys. while you while you did that, Mario did um, during the special uh, Neil's event, the return of Neil's live. It was wonderful, man, just unbelievable. Did you guys partake in sampling some of the fresh aromatherapy you're talking about on this show today? Well, Vic, I can't speak to the other folks, but, you know, me, I have to partake before, during, and after. Right. And I did, and it was wonderful. Yes, that's right. It was all wonderful, and I did, and it was wonderful to enjoy that. I made it available in discreet ways here at the studio at the end. It's part of California law. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I'm allowed to provide marijuana for free. And that's so what I. Whenever you come to our events here, that's what I was talking at Pack about. Stereo TV. I don't mind being known for that. When you come to an event here, right. at Pack Stereo TV, it's gonna be free weed. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be free weed until they get demanding. Until they get demanding. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. This is the easy way out. For those of you who missed out on the champagne this past Saturday, this is easy. Arrive early. Before. Everybody else, and you'll have first dibs. So I got to do Mario. Can it? Well, I'm trying to give you some of the reviews because they, you know, some of these reviews the people just blah 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 blah. You know, I want to hear all that. We want to. I'll tell you what I think. I just like to see what they say on the web. So I'm googling it right now. Cookies and cream. Right. Okay. That's okay. Check it out. Okay. This is more real. Cookies and cream. This is according to allbud.com. Okay. According to allbud.com, cookies and cream is an evenly balanced hybrid, 50% indica, 50% sativa strain, created through a cross of Starfighter X unknown Girl Scout cookies phenotype. <laughs> You're enjoying this, bro. Uh, There's some science into this. the Well, the weed people, anyway, so that's what I was going to say. It's, it's heavier than a regular sativa. That's because it has like 50% indica properties. Right. So it hits a little heavier. Right. You're a little more stoked. Yeah. Okay. 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 Say that. That's cookies and cream. Now, that's what I'm having this morning, but so I'm having less of it. Okay. But I want you to know that's what they say. So it's a good, it's, some of these strains are so well known now, Vic, that people know, people can go and looking for them. That's amazing to me. They can go in there and actually request a particular strain. And they can say, well, Mario told me cookies. Okay. All right. But in the news, you guys, a Colorado girl is suing Attorney General Jeff Sessions to legalize medical marijuana nationwide. You know it's going to hit the courts. Right. One of the ways that people do these things is to advocate, you know, and sue. Right. On behalf of groups, class action suits. And this, this is a California girl who's actually suing for use to treat, I believe, it's epilepsy. Yeah. And marijuana has shown some promising results in some of these areas, especially in things that have previously not worked so well. So this is an area of promise. We'll look. We'll wait to see. Usually these kind of things, and you sue the government, are more political. Yeah. But in the meantime, legislation is occurring, and it helps to keep the attorney general on his toes. He's not so bright anyway. I'm, I'm going to give you a percentage while you're doing the task. The percentage of Congress or Senate that you believe have partaked in taking a two of the smoke in their lifetime. Has that ever, ever in their lifetime yes. taken yes. smoke any marijuana? Yes. 70%. Damn. See, that's all I want to hear. 
at least once. <laughs> right. That's yeah, all I want. Yeah, but even, a, even though I don't know what to say about this, a lot of people who smoked once or twice, Vic, I don't know what to I don't really consider those people smoking people, you know. I just said they participated. You use a drug once or twice right. and never use it again. Because then, wait know. a minute, there was a... I know people took acid okay, and stuff see, like that. Right, this is a little trivia. You can deal with it later. There was a president that says, well, I did try it once. I didn't inhale. Yeah, I didn't inhale, right? You don't have to inhale today. You can just eat. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying... Edibles. No, this is not a blame thing. I'm not trying to put someone on point to say, oh, guess what you did. I'm just saying the percentage that you guys have all been there and then as you grow and get mature, you take a direction, and then all of a sudden it becomes philosophy, change. You all of a sudden go, you know, oh, oh yeah, you know? Oh, this is, let, me, let me do this. And I said, you know what, probably most people will relate with you because you won't be hypocritical. You know, it's, it's okay. You know, if somebody sits there and says, Victor, have you ever stolen anything? I said, yes, I did. I, I went in the store and I stole some Tootsie Rolls. I feel bad. I used to go shoplifting with money in my pocket. <laughs> right. That's all. I that's just all wanted I'm to be sneaky. Be, I just all wanted I did, to get away man. with shit. Look, I'm sorry. I did. I learned. I grew. Uh, but I had I, my. I had my mischievous. Listen, my mother raised. I got spankings. My right. mother raised me in. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but I still was doing devious shit. Wait a minute. Did you eat? Who doesn't eat in the grocery store? Dude, wait a minute. I eat in the grocery store. My mother eating out the candy. Man, I was at. I'm not going to say what store was that. You know, because you don't know any better, and you got money, just like you said. I, I, I'm gonna take a Snickers bar, and I'm shopping with my father, and that man came down. You know, manager and says, you know. Your son has put candy in his pocket. And I said, damn, Snickers bar is right in my pocket. My father took a stance. He said, this is my son. He doesn't steal. And I'm sitting up there going, I'm not saying anything until I get to the 11th hour, 59th minute, 59th second. And as soon as my, they say, let's check his pockets, I'm going to say nothing. And let my dad stand there in amazement. Well, I show them a poor example of what happens where they can give a reason oh, to bug it. Right. Shit. So oh. I got away with it. Oh, we all I'm not proud. I'm not proud. No. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> See, I didn't want you to go there, bro. Right. Stuff we're thinking about that. <laughs> right. We're not proud of. No. We've all, and everybody's had their bad day with drugs, but hopefully not with marijuana. <laughs> By watching the show, yeah. you'll be able to make better decisions. Okay. Here's a good one. So on Veterans Day, the New York governor announced that vets can now, who have a history of PTSD, can now apply to use medical marijuana legally. Actually, the point is, if, if it's a treatment for PTSD, the government should pay for it like any other treatment. Right. So that's what I'm looking for to the day when the government buys you weed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm looking for it for the day. Well, if it's a legitimate treatment. You like, can laugh at all the social shit you but, want, but they give you Valium. But they can. But I'm talking about buying, you know, right. paying for vets to have marijuana. Right. If it's a legitimate treatment. Oh, absolutely. So veterans are leading the way now for marijuana reform. So we want to acknowledge that on and the Veterans Day gone past to honor those veterans, our friends. These are our friends and our family. And I'm a leftist, but does it has nothing to do with that? These are our friends, our family, our children. Right. Okay, that are veterans. Right. Okay. So for all of us, we just want to say God bless them. 
Las Vegas Vic opened his first marijuana drive-thru. There's a picture. The first of its kind in the country. Why does it look so plain? I don't, it's the first one. Is that wood? I don't know what it is. Is that what I think it is? That like That's wood. paneling, man. It's paneling. I don't know. They didn't it. even want to make it snazzy or like. I don't have any idea it's coming. <laughs> oh. Now they have the marijuana. First in this country. Oh, man. Nick. <laughs> Dude, is that the example? Dude, it, you know what? Let me say this. Have you what? ever seen. Okay, you've been to the ATMs, right? <laughs> what are you saying? If you went to an ATM and all of a sudden the ATM has paneling and you can see the splits and everything and as if they did something there with the first sign you would think that somebody tried to break in or some damage was caused at this location wouldn't you well, think people that? do that oh, weird. so the yeah. first introduction of this right now it looks like somebody already tried to remove something <laughs> and they put paneling up dude that's a terrible example you know that right I have nothing to say. See, you have to be unbiased about this, man. I have nothing to say. No, no, no. You have to indict. I say it's the first. You have to indict. They need some art. Dude, no art. They need some art. Perhaps a little graffiti art around it. You know what's going to happen? Little sounds. Watch. Watch what happens. Maybe an awning. Watch. Somebody's going to actually start putting flyers up there to sit back and say, if you need some weed, contact this number. They're going to have you watch. You're going to see all these postings. All around it, because the wood is its going to gravitate to message. You're going to see graffiti on that wall. Watch. Look at it six well, months Well, we know now. it's going to do something. Yeah. Because it can't just stay like that. <laughs> That's not good, dude. We agree. That's <laughs> the first of its kind. Okay. If you Las say- Vegas. All right. All right. One of the last things I'm going to talk about for the day is there's a new cannabis lube. I have to do some more research on this. <laughs> but supposedly there's some gynecologist who's supporting this. I don't know. It just sounds like the way to get a reaction to me somehow. Okay. I just can't imagine. Usually putting this kind of stuff inside the vagina is not a good idea. Usually Man. putting anything inside the vagina other than your penis. I do that, Or your tongue with your bad fingers, maybe. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm running out of. Okay, forget it. That's a different topic. But the point is, this is a cannabis lube. And what do you what do you guys think? I don't okay. know. Okay, it's wait, wait, a wait, good wait, wait, idea. Do the, okay. Let me ask you this. How about a cannabis enema? Because I don't know any better. You have anybody that you don't have to show videos, but do they ever show anyone demonstrating the usage of this or just put it? No, up? this is just people okay. come up with. They're just All coming right. up with this shit. All right. Right now, this is just, people are just coming up with this shit right now. All right. And so, because they're coming up with it, here it goes. And no, I can't blame them because they're being creative, but some things you just don't need. Like like I said, maybe we need a cannabis enema. You know, with yeah. the cannabis, you, so, you know, it's like you can't just smoke weed or swallow it or eat it. A gummy bear, you need to shove it up your ass or something. See, okay. I don't know. Okay, you I don't know what? Know. You need a lube. Okay, you really need this. I'm just saying. Why do you have why to go? Why do Why do you connect it to the act of penetration, saying, man? Because this is a cannabis lube, big. It's particularly for having sex. It's a cannabis-based lubricant. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't need everything cannabis. I you know I agree. Can, I mean that's all I'm I saying. I agree, man. You I can agree. smoke it, you can eat it. I now you want to yep. lube it and shove it up different body cavities. Oh man. Okay, I'm saying. Okay, 
from, from now on, we find pictures of the people who invented or created this. From now on, face with it. I, now I got to do research. Yeah, man, because there's no connection to it. How do we know that that's not... That presentation is not something that was done by the Russians. Till, till, till it could have been till, the Russians, man. Till they you, end up in the ER with flaming vaginitis after this, then that's how you'll know. This is extra.com. <laughs> extra. All right. Marijuana for dummies. Time's to education. Something stay the same. You start each morning with a cup of coffee every day. Maybe hit the snooze. Turn on the local news But nothing good comes from a one-sided point of view Marijuana for dummies Come for the info Stay for the reefer Marijuana for dummies Come for the info and stay Right, sight and sound of body heat. We're going to come right back for the new new sports. Till then, enjoy some more love shadow. It's too young to be on that bridge. It's too young to be still.
Southern Love Shadow. Featuring Snowflake on there. Yes, Love Shadow and Snowflake. They always do good stuff together, Love Shadow and Snowflake. Oops, so it turns out we've got to do some resetting of a system uh, set up to uh, overseas. So get, we're going to play another song for you. Yeah, I like that. Yes. Overseas. This time it's Love Shadow and Frank, a.k.a. Songboy 3. What was Frank's last name? Oh, I can't remember it. I can't remember Enjoy this. We'll be right back. with 
Subway 3, Love Shack. Just another example of the type of music that's available for you. Creative Commons, dig.cc, mixed it. Frank H. Carter suddenly came back and I had a senior moment yeah. with Love Shadow, otherwise known as Songboy 3. We love him. He's a favorite of ours, and that was a song back to me. Yeah. You guys ready for some sports? Maybe. Well, here we go. <laughs> oh, that ain't sports. <laughs> what you doing, a remix, man? Yes, yeah, remix. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's Victor Allen's new new sports, written and directed by the ball-headed black man. Victor Allen's unique fan-based view of sports. That's right, by the man the ladies have nicknamed "Sexual Chocolate." Rub his head and make a wish. A recurring segment of the Morning Cup with Mario Show. Be there every week. Dress appropriately. Sports bra and jockstrap. And now here's Vic. Yeah. Bang 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 bang. I needed every second. You guys don't realize. And I was talking to my uh, Periscope Twitter, Facebook Live, dot me and big old crew and telling them, you know what? I'm getting updates and I have to let it go through. It says, please do not turn off. Don't do anything. So I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't go like this. Part one of 10. And I'm going, this is going to be funny as hell. It didn't. So maybe about 10 seconds before this song ended, I was able to get my display. So thank you for that extra extended song break, bro. Because I'm, I'm telling everybody, I needed the break. <laughs> so you ready for this one? So there we go. Dealing <laughs> with it effectively. Okay. I, I know we blasted out that my main topic was going to deal with the uniqueness of Paul Robeson. But I'm going to start off with something else because I, I just... I'm trying to figure out, is this a smart play to the base where everybody's going to say thumbs up? Or are they going to sit there and say, is it political? Or is it an easy way to turn around and say this? You're not going to see this on the broadcast display. Just got, saw some information here that President Trump asked the Chinese president to help the UCLA Bruins, the three brothers, LaMelo Ball, who were caught stealing on surveillance in three different stores at a high-end shopping mall. He asked as presidentially representing <laughs> the three students. Now, I want you to understand now, before you even go there. Who's he catering to? You the right, no, wait, no, no. You need to do this for me, Mario. Smart move. <laughs> wait a minute. Don't, don't, man. Smart move. Well, I mean, yeah. Smart, smart. Dude. I mean, I at, guess for him, yeah, because I, like I said, who's he catering to? The point is, when you do these kind of things, you're looking for an impact. He's very conscious of media right. and presence. So he's doing it to have a specific positive impact on some group. So you have to at least ask yourself who you think that group is. Right. You know, and as he responds to people. So it's the hip group. They're hip, mm -hmm. concerned people about sports right sort of a modern hip group but you could have conservatives and stuff in there too right now but it's, it makes him look like he's being compassionate and looking uh, you know not being a hard a hard liner so it has a lot of repercussions in that he's trying to pull mm -hmm. with it so you know that's yeah. like it's like why are you doing what's up <laughs> right 
I'll stand up and ask to intervene when it comes to the basketball players. Specifically, let me just say this. It's so unfair because LaMelo Ball, they only reference his name, although there's three students. They really only reference his name as the lead because of the brand well, and the yeah, whole thing. and that's right. And so here's the other thing. So I can, for those who haven't followed the story, let me just read off a small part, part and continue. Um, uh, there was surveillance footage of the player shoplifting from three stores in a high-end shopping center, which houses Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and Yves Saint Laurent at Salvatore Ferragamo stores. So notice that the students, and I'm going to call them students right now, knew exactly where to go get the stuff that they wanted. At this time in their life, Mario, they don't have money, right? No excuse for stealing. But they're not rolling. So they're going into these stores. Not even... You would think that they would be well, no, stand out, to we, be watched. Nobody's even just, prepped well, you know them. Nobody's prepped them. Yeah. I'm pretty right. sure somebody said, here's how you should conduct yourself. Be very right. careful. They didn't adhere to it, right? Right. No, stupid. Right. Okay, I get that. I just want them stupid things. I'm glad this wasn't one of mine. You can get off. Let me just say this. I'm not giving Donald Trump a lot of credit. Because I believe they were coming back anyway. Because if the Chinese want to turn it on, he says, we're going to do you a favor first. Let's do you a favor. And then you can couch it as if you're asking a favor. It's all this behind it. It's such a simple request. And it doesn't have all these extenuating circumstances when it comes to sports. They did the opposite. We're not going to hold on and try to hostage them for politics. So the part that I'm sitting up here saying, if you had to be a thief... Wouldn't you love for the president to come and say, you know, hey, I know he, could you give him a pass? This is, going, this is going to be, dude, when they grow up, they're going to go like this. How many of you guys try to get away with something and have the president come call it on your car? Well, that's right. That's what I'm saying, bro. Well, I, well, I tell you what, they're going to at least be able to say that, even though it's, it's the one thing that seems has gotten Papa to shut up. <laughs> right. He hasn't right, wanted right. to say anything. <laughs> right. He hasn't wanted to say no. very much anything. Oh, no, no, no. He, he knows he can he, aggravate the situation. And look, I'm. you know what? This is, everybody's looking to target market. Okay, Papa. Don't get mad at the game. That's his game. And he found a way to make you guys love to hate him or hate to love him. Everybody knows it's both sides. But did he do a good job of saying, I'm going to do best for my well, son? Well, that's like, I, we, well, the point being, you live by it. You, that's right. Everybody doesn't do it the same way, right. so you benefit by it. Right. And you suffer by it. And, I wouldn't have and, conducted myself that way. No, no, I wouldn't that. either. We, we were, as children, Mar, you and I, we were That's smarter when we did bad things. We choice. That's a choice <laughs> issue. Right. But okay. All right, so let me just go on over to the next. Okay, I'm halfway home, the NFL season, the real kicks in. This is really about what teams are really striking up the band and getting attention. And the ones that I'm looking at right now are mostly in the NFC. But just to give you the table of what I'm looking at here, these are this is just the layout of all the teams and where they are. Their point differentials going to get into that. But New England reigns supreme again, as I said at the beginning of the show um, when we kicked off morning coffee. And then the NFC seems like they have the teams that now are going to collide. The big four right now are Philadelphia, L.A. Rams, Minnesota and the new player. This is the one I want to kick off with and find out. Are they getting hot at the right time and have the right leadership 
because they are they came out of nowhere and that's New Orleans. And New Orleans is kicking into gear and their record their record shows that uh are they getting the right respect or they just think they're oh no, this is just this is one of those passing times. They'll come back down to earth and they got Drew Brees who is senior leadership, knows how to win, knows how to fight through it, and they got balanced running attacks and everything. So here's my question. Do you go with the best quarterback out of these four if you have to get down to the moment where it's in the playoffs? Because that's what they say. They take take the quarterback well, who's the smartest one. That's out what of the they're four. saying is in the playoffs, that's the the biggest concern, for example, with the Rams. Right. Who has a as a young quarterback right. that's inexperienced. Okay. Right. You you wonder if that's gonna be good enough as they start to throw those different schemes at them. You know, including blitzes and right. everything else. So you it it comes up because of that. But as you say, to be seen, right? Uh, look, Drew we, Brees, we everybody feels yeah. gives you an advantage. Yes, New Orleans, everybody thinks is at least solid. Right, right, right. Whether or not they're a true contender or not, will yet to be seen to me. But at least they're solid. Right, just like Pittsburgh is solid. Right, but it, whether or not they're in that elite group, right? I don't know. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to a different direction. All right. I'm going to go with the NFC and stay there right now because I really I'm not hating on the AFC. But just to give you a side note as to why I really can't talk too much about the AFC. In the first four games of the season, they were talking about Pittsburgh, undefeated Kansas City, of course, New England, uh, even Buffalo started off hot. Here we are past the halfway point. All of them just stopped. And it hit a level and dropped. Nobody's really standing out. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. New England comes up as it always does. There are no new teams that you can say can threaten them. So when you go look at the AFC, I said, well, don't go look at the AFC for right now. We'll, we'll, we'll table that after I hit the NFC. But I'm putting it out there to say, think of a team other than Pittsburgh or New England when we come back to it. That could be no, a player or not. You're in it, well, man. That's maybe it in the AFC. That, that's why I said, just let's think for a second. Okay, I want to go to the so, NFC. But the NFC is not that much different, Vic. It oh. seems to be. Well, Philadelphia stands oh. out. Then you've got a cluster. See, to me, they stand out. And then Minnesota versus New Orleans versus the Rams. Right. Even though I give the Rams some of an edge. Correct. There's still a cluster. Which makes it more... You know, there's a cluster. It's unpredictable which teams are going to survive. New Orleans, Carolina, that's in there. Carolina, New Orleans. Right. You know, even the Falcons, you could like make the argument. One game doesn't rescue them, though. Right. Yeah, they're in there. There's a cluster of them. The only one that stands out right now, right, right, is the Philadelphia. That in that next group, I have no idea. Would you watch this? Could happen. I mean, between Minnesota. Detroit, New Orleans, Carolina, and the Rams, and Seattle, uh, you know, and Dallas. Though Dallas, no, no, no. Once they, you see what happens when they. Here's what they did. I'm, I'm glad you started off. No Ezekiel Elliott and Tyron Smith, that lineman that just creates havoc, took those two guys out of there. One on offense, and the other on the other side of the ball, and they got 
Waxed. It's just that Waxed in their win-loss, Vic, they're all within one game of each other. Right, but they that's don't have... That's amazing. They're within right. one to two. There's that, that's when there's a cluster. and they're, None of them but are really great. The, 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 right. Seattle, really? Wait a minute. Dallas and Seattle have the same problem. The Legion of Doom, all the back, you know, the defensive um, secondary, all are basically injured. And, you know, you take one of them off you suffer. So all of them were playing uh, uh, healthily maybe a few weeks ago. Now, if you have to put your bet, you better look at the recovery because they don't have backups the in step in. injuries are really changing the scene almost weekly. Yeah. Almost and, weekly. And, and that includes Dallas. That's why everybody's going. It's not about that they lost to Atlanta. It's just that they only scored seven points. Right now. Oh, he looks bad, man. So, yeah, But they've all had games like that where they've looked horrible. They have, but. I mean, almost you know everybody the, up there is why I don't know who's, this who's is, what. See, I, don't have, I don't have a good feel. I go like, wow. I, well, in some ways it makes it a little more exciting because it actually, in a way, depending on your outlook, Means parity, right? And especially across the NFC, you have a like I said, a cluster right. of teams that we don't know. We don't know, and and I'm always saying now, I am more. And, and this is why the fantasy uh, stuff works out. Watch those injuries; those injuries will tell you everything, because these are some of the best people who can actually um, say, "Well, because I'm so exceptional, you don't have a backup that can come in and do what I do." You may have somebody who can come in and fill the spot. Which is going to lead me to another topic in a minute. We're going to use that as an examination. So here's my question. Here's my question. If it came down to a conference final between Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, and New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, and they're fighting in the conference final, who you picking? Philadelphia. Over Brees. Yeah, it's a better oh, okay. team to me. Right. They're, they're way right. better okay. team to me. All right. I'm taking Philadelphia over all of them That's right now. Said. Right. Like I said, to me, New Orleans is in a cluster. Right. With people who I don't, you know, Atlanta thinks they're better than than a, you know than them, and there's two they're two games behind, but they're only right. two games behind. Right. I'm I'm not worried about Atlanta. I think they they have to recover from getting on that high, and they're learning something when you have those they're new players. They're trying to prove a point right, right now. It's, they certainly right. are. They, they're learning that you turn it on, and they can. Carolina may do it, be able to do the same thing. We, we got to see. We got to see. Also, Cam might get knocked out. Right. Too. Congratulations <laughs> to Maddie, Maddie Ice, Matt Ryan, the fastest to 40,000 yards in the history of NFL. Quietly, you don't hear him spoken in reference to the same uh, what we call um, hype. I say a breeze, as a you know, as a Peyton Manning in his days, and then of Tom Brady. Of course, he's still exceptional, but he creeped in, and he's blowing out the numbers and on the yard. So I'm just want to give my respect to somebody who quietly is under the radar and proving that even when they're trying to recover and regain their strength to sit back and compete in the NFC. He quietly got 40,000. Got to give respect to him. Bravo. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the screen, bro. Thanks for the screen. All right. We're going to go over to what I call the spotlight performance. Everybody already knows this. In your wildest dreams, in your wildest dreams, the day that you sit there and go like, I'm about to sit back and rack up six quarterback sacks in one game against the Dallas Cowboys. If you ever had to have your mark shine, six between... 
It's a record yeah, for them, like, look, and the other eight, record eight, is seven. Eight, eight, look, Eric Thomas yeah, did it against yeah, Seattle. But this is not this, this is this is more about who this guy is. He's only had like six sacks between two or three years combined. Right, he had only one previous <laughs> sack this year. Right. So, what made this happen? Now, here's the part where I'm Dallas asking you. Weakness on the line. Not, this is what I'm saying. This goes to the part where you and I have discussed this before. Tyron Smith, the man that sits back and says, "Oh, look, you know, I know how to put the weight of that line and make it stabilize behind it. I, I cause rat. I, I can cause." All kind of havoc and everything. You replace an offensive lineman with a newbie. That's fresh blood. They show the examples, Mario, on, uh, on commercial with Adrian Claiborne, who well-spoken, loved the interview that he did. You can tell he's a calming, very, you know, kind of, kind of surreal attitude and person, persona. When they showed the replacement, I just felt bad. This was this was bad. This is imagine your debut. <laughs> it's you, Mario, you linebacker. You're going against the former, back in the day, Lawrence Taylor type. And he says, "Well, you're going to have to go up against LT, but you're the backup. You know your fresh meat." Well, my thing is, you're supposed to want these moments. You know, it's your chance to excel to come through. Terrible. You're supposed to want those. They didn't do it. No, the the the, the replacement didn't do it. Nope. I, from what I understand, he would. Even the guy who went out first was moved over from guard yes. to tackle. Yep. He went out, and then they took a backup tackle. It's hard. He just got eaten alive. So it doesn't make any difference to me. If you're a backup, you're supposed to be ideally just slightly. <laughs> a little bit better. Like, you know, slightly behind the a starter. Or maybe have a different area where you're actually better. You might be better at run blocking, but he's better at run. Hey. He's better at pass blocking. And almost as good as run blocking. It could be shit like that, so you never know. But whatever, they got it handled to them. Man. And, and I, like I said, the record is Derek Thomas, seven against I, the, the Seattle. I, look, I'm saying this. Every wow. we Everybody says there's nothing That's like, like game. a face mask there, but okay. <laughs> everybody says it's game time. The one thing that you're usually not prepared for is when the light is shining and you've never had that experience. So it's brand new and you have to set aside that you now are going to work at game speed, something you haven't been doing. And then they're going to put you against somebody who actually looks at all the the nuances of how you stand your foot speed. He was getting blown by like he was fat express delivery mail, man. It was it was his the game time speed. I think totally caught him off guard. So I'm just saying, is this more about Adrian Claiborne? Or less about Dallas offensive line or the the offensive line position where, of course, I don't even know the guy's name. I didn't even want it. I was just so busy looking. I said, why weren't they going to use his name? No, because he got well eaten alive, man. First of all, his he showed exceptional hustle on a bunch of the sacks where he didn't give up, right? We kept coming. Kept kept coming. coming. So he showed exceptional hustle right. and determination. So that's there. Okay. All right. And well, to get six, I don't care if it's against the backup. That's ridiculous. Right. I know. They start pulling everybody and their mother <laughs> yeah, over yeah, the block. No, they're doing this. They're making you phone know, calls. Well, even though you have they're to wonder what already. the coach's adjustment to that. Yeah. All right. Hey, gonna, we're just going to touch uh, NBA real quick, and then we're going to get to the uh, lead story here. Um, youngest to get a triple-double, Alonzo Ball. 
first triple double for him, for him and the youngest to get it. Is it a big deal? Yeah, it is. Even though, like I said, I like. I think he's he's a rookie, you guys, and he's young. You got to right. allow him some room to grow. I think he's doing a nice adjustment, showing maturity. Can't ask for more. Stay focused. Yeah. Be reasonable. Be humble. Stay focused. So I'm I'm a supporter of his, and uh, I, he's a rookie, you guys. You're going to get schooled right. by some. This is the NBA. Come right. on now. <laughs> right. It's a lot of games too. So I'm yeah no no just give him. Yeah, I'll give some applause. Yeah, you got to man because <laughs> let me just look. The NBA or professional sports, they don't necessarily wait to make stats a name. Sometimes they want to make a name off of your name. So he's an easy target this year for people to step up. And they say, I think the part that's going to happen is you're going to find some coaches realizing certain players could always step up and play harder defense, but they waited for Alonzo Ball and the machine of marketing. And the coach is going to turn around and say, so all this time you could play this hard, so you just waited for somebody to have a target on their back. This is about money. So people make their names not just by scoring a lot of points. So I just wanted to give props to uh, the man. He actually said it doesn't make any difference because they didn't win. They lost to, uh, okay, you know, the Greek freak Milwaukee Bucks. But still, celebration. All right. This is just simple. Kyrie. Hey, you guys. uh, Boston Celtics. You know, they got 12 consecutive wins, man. Is Is that a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal because, okay. Dick, what if, what if the Boston Celtics with Kyrie Irving actually beat Cleveland in the playoffs? I'm, I'm on. I'm, I'm a LeBron on, fan, but I'm, he can lose sometimes. Um, you know, look, look, I mean, I am, I'm a LeBron fan. I support LeBron, but, you know, Kyrie gets to can have his day. I'm just saying I just stay out of it. I never root against LeBron. Right. You know, because I like him too much. Right. But I can stay out of it. You know what I'm saying? Or root for so I don't root against him, but that's a big deal. The tr- because Cleveland doesn't look. They're not on the stats there. There's a reason why. Yeah, well, I was about to say, where are they? <laughs> see, I knew it. I, was, I knew Mario was looking for it. He says, how come I don't see Cleveland? I said, these stats you see, Mario, are only for the teams that actually score more points than give up. So Toronto is the cutoff point. The plus wow. minus is in the difference there. So the uh, wow. and and so Cleveland is not even next behind Toronto. There are a few wow. spots down, which gets to my point. Wow! That the when you look at the teams that are flourishing right now, although it's early, first half of the year, I'm not getting excited. Boston Celtics, Detroit, Detroit Pistons, that's right. Orlando Magic, Washington is expected to be there. New York is above 500. Now let me just say this, Mario. Is it a coincidence that Carmelo Anthony's not there and they're playing over 500? Now, I'm not, I'm just saying sometimes synergy could be it. Why are they playing above 500 the first year that Carmelo's not there? I'll let you answer that one. <laughs> well, to be seen. <laughs> Wait a because minute. Because they seem happy enough, so I'm comfortable. Uh, Maybe, because it takes a while to gel. Okay. Okay, we're only, you know, it takes the question is how long, but it takes a while to gel. Right. And you have a bunch of these teams. I have to see more of damn near everybody, Vic, because there's so many new combinations. Well, we have to see, right? I'm just saying we have to see. Some stuff doesn't look like it's gelling like we thought, on the other hand. Right. You know, we're wondering about Cleveland. Right. So there we go. Holla. Hey, look, 
All I'm saying is this. You don't want to be on a team and then all of a sudden they are playing better. No matter what they say, they're going to point to the departure and say, it wasn't that you wasn't producing. It's just the synergy wasn't there with all the other players. So maybe taking the headlines away from Carmelo Anthony. Well, look at you have Houston at the top above Golden State Warriors, and well, that's that, one of the things to watch. Right. Well, that's in that's in the West. I'm just trying to figure. See, I want to get to the question: Do you think New York is going to make the playoffs this year? See, oh, that's where I was going. No. So but you, they'll be. Okay, now you just. I don't know. Like it, I said, they're not going far. <laughs> wait, no, no. Improved. I they, think they're improved. They're not going to make it to the playoffs, you think? I think they're improved. Okay. Their division, I forgot I forgot how they get because in the NBA now, the top, yeah, I don't yeah. know what their rules are, whether they can make it as a wild card. Top eight in each, east, west, top eight teams. And see, top we, eight, top so four eight. from each? Eight in the Eastern Conference. Go. Yeah, you're going to so get the eight. Okay. And then, because almost everybody goes, except like, you know. That's what I'm just saying, man. See, I'm only trying to let you know. They're going to be amongst the worst. It's just that the Wizards are looking good. Right. Toronto, theoretically, is still strong. Right. See, I'm only saying. I'm not. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. And it's hard to say. And the reason why. You don't know they're improved. They've started off way better than they have in the past. Right, that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. improved to me. That, okay. But I don't know okay. that improved. The only story I got for the uh, over here for the Western Conference is, is really simple. Golden State got a fire in their ass, and they whooping not six-pack, 12-pack, 24-pack, and they're coming. Houston is still winning. We know that's not a big deal. Chris Paul's not in yet, and they're still winning. They're holding ground. Denver's in the third spot. San Antonio has to adjust because, of course, they're waiting. Why right, waiting so back. they're doing their thing. The, Minnesota is playing where expected. Memphis found a stride where all of a sudden now they have lost a few games. I think that's the aging thing that comes in. You have to kind of transition out of those players because it's hard to sustain. New Orleans playing 500 or above and then Portland in the rear. I didn't listen to the other teams because if you're not scoring, if you're giving up more points then you're scoring. Why should we talk about you? That's called defense, right? Important difference, 500. Yeah. yeah they, they were expected to do a little something, something. So, okay. I had to go over to this. and I don't have enough time to cover this. And I'm going to do this in part one and part two. The part one is that I titled this Paul Robeson, unlike any other black athlete in American history. And the reason why I said that is because I needed to figure out a way to cover everything he has done. So I'm just going to read off what just a tidbit. And we're going to revisit this on part two. Paul Robeson was an American bass singer and actor who became involved with the civil rights movement movement at Rutgers College. He was an all-American football player. And then he had an international career in singing as well as acting in theater and movies. In 1915, Robeson won an academic scholarship to Rutgers University, where he was twice named Consensus All-American and was the class valedictorian. Almost 80 years later, he was inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame. He received his LLB from Columbia Law School while playing in the National Football League at 
about playing in National Football League. At Columbia, he sang and acted off-campus productions. After graduating, he became a figure in the Harlem Renaissance. That's just part. And the other part to this, that he actually spoke 20 languages. I stopped. I wanted to do a whole expose on him because well, I know yeah, people know him. He's a fascinating character. Th- this is where I said he's an athlete. I considered <laughs> him kind of a mentor in a lot of ways. Right. A role model in a sense. He's one of those people when I ran across him because Vic, of his scope between his intelligence and his sports and his, and his being active I, and traveling. Look, when you Old say, <laughs> wait a minute, let me say this. He totally dispelled by me looking at this, the the thing that people think today, oh, they're just athletes. They don't have a brain. They don't apply themselselves. Oh, they don't do this. I I'm I'm going to see if I can find somebody who has the worthiness of the background and expanse profile resume that he has, and was a towering figure in football back in those days. Six and three. Him and yes. Everything they could right. He had, him. I'm not going to get into the health yeah. issues and everything he dealt with. Yeah. I'm literally going like this. When I read, I didn't know what part to bring to this. So my question is, do you know of any other athlete who literally can say this, uh, the pro sports or professional sports spectrum wasn't allowing cats like me in, but exceptionally, I was able to get in and play. Not enough. I, my academia is well above anyone I know with the correlation of athletic no prowess. No. There's nobody, right? No one. Okay. No one. There's yeah. pe- the stories that remind you of excellence. Unbelievable. Like Jim Thorpe. Unbelievable. Who was still remarkable in what he did. Still didn't have the academic. Not the academic. He, he, he got a law degree. Man, this, uh, look. Now you have to look at the <laughs> back. This is like 1915. 15, right, man. So this is back then. You talk about racism. This is part. Oh, Lord. <laughs> right, really. I only wanted oh, to introduce Lord. this because my point was, more. I needed two segments to cover this guy. And I needed to do it in such a way to pay respect to someone who says, I broke the mold. As it relates to, you can't put me in a box of either or. It's one thing to excel in all the sports that he played in. I mean, he wasn't just that. uh, Give you some more information. Paul was a natural athlete. 6'3", 220, 30 pounds. Strapping high school fullback who had no trouble earning a scholarship to prestigious Rutgers University in 1915 at the age of 17. Becoming only the third member of his race to be admitted at the time. He excelled in football, baseball, basketball, and track and field, graduating as a four-letter man. He also he was also the holder of Phi Beta Kappa Key in his junior year and was a selected member of their honorary society, Cap and Skull. Moreover, he was the class valedictorian and his speech was already preaching idealism. Okay, I, like I said, I need a part two on this, Martha. The reason why I'm saying this I dare anyone to compare as it relates to, and I'm only saying specifically right now, I'm putting him in the box of the black athlete. I'm going to be searching for our next new, new sports segment next week to see if I can find somebody since his time that compares to the academia and the professional It'll sports. It'll be difficult. He was Hard. unique. Oh, he's, a, he's a historical figure worth noting for a lot of, a lot of reasons. reasons. And that's why, for me, he stood out. 
for a lot of reasons wow. also. Wow. Hey, look, you guys. I wanted to end it there. Part two is coming. He has a lifespan of things. I just thought I could introduce and say, is he, and we're still going to answer that question, the epitome of a, the black athletic professional and academia far as achievement. Man, I'm out, man. Victor Allen's New New Sports. Unique fan base. View of sports written and directed by Victor Allen in a recurring segment of the Morning Call with Mario show here every week. Be part of it. Dress appropriately. Sports bras and jock straps. Be ready. More than just sports. New New Sports. that time get ready for hot picks that's right Okay, hey, you know what? Let's look at the clock. I ran a little long on my sports a little bit, only because I ran a little long. It was a good stuff. <laughs> right, just ran a little long. Who cares? All right, That's you guys. Right. Hey, what's up? I got to give my props. 
Jones, Samuels, Tracy Walker, Ray Barra, Eric. I see you guys all day. Thank you. You know, thank you for tuning in to somebody who got very little knowledge. Very little knowledge. All right. If you guys saw me bend down, I was talking to the lower level of people watching me. It's, uh, it's some stairs back here. No, I'm just kidding. All right. We're going to do this uh, part two, Home Away From Home. Last week, we did a Home Away From Homes for the professional athletes. And the reason why I call it Home Away From Homes they spend most of their life playing basketball. So their home is on the court. But then they have a home home. And we don't really really think of athletes as estates and mansions. We reserve that from the corporate people and says, oh, let's go look at this giant in corporate and call them a mansion and estate. But these are basketball players who have estates. I focused last year, or excuse me, last week, on Southern California specifically within an area of Beverly Hills, Bel Air, um, you can call it, nah, well, I won't say Malibu, but Malibu is Pacific Palisades. This one I'm just doing global. So, Mark, we're going to do the same thing we did before. We're going to see which home impresses you. These are a little bit different photos because sometimes you need a wide camera angle lens. All right? Just a reminder. It's still on the block, you guys. The Chartwell Mansion is still listed. The most expensive listing in America at $350 million. No basketball players rolling like that. And if there was one, can that person afford to give up almost all their wealth? Some of these basketball players don't have that much. Maybe Michael Jordan get close, but that's just too much to drop on the Chartwell. Just want to remind you guys, that's a deep, deep, serious house. And I, you know, I appreciate it. Now let's just let's just say this. Let me just say this, Mark. I need you when you participate this time. I want you to think out of the box. I don't want you to be conservative this time, because I know you. I don't want you to be my usual. Yeah, I don't want you to be conservative, man. Because if you go if you go conservative, you're gonna go. You know, I don't spend money like that. I said no. Just take yourself into a dream state and see if one or two of these homes. You can literally go, okay, my my portfolio investor says I have to purchase a home. And I got an A and a B. So at the end of this segment, you're going to pick your A and B and see if it's the wisest investment based on which sport you're playing. So some sports have more of a heavier platform and lifespan that you're playing. And other sports may not. So you have to determine where you sit back and say, I can keep making money a long time in this particular sport. Wise to choose this type of home. Many of these homes are always turning over for players because they get traded and everything else. So you ready for this, man? I think I'm ready. All right. I want to give you a little time because I can tell you tweeting over there, right? I'm ready. All right. We're going to start off with the number one sport on the planet. The number one sport on the planet, soccer. And the person we're going to go look at first unlike any other house that we've seen so far, is Cristiano Ronaldo. That spectacular view is in Madrid, wow. Spain. Show you how much it costs? Only $5.8 million. Soccer's cockiest matinee idol owns a $7.1 million minimalist mansion with sleek interior, allowing the stylish red Madrid striker deep self-reflection via countless mirrors, infinity pool, and high glass everything. <laughs> His CR initials are etched onto countertops, marble floors, and the front door to remind himself he's Cristiano Ronaldo 
and you're not. <laughs> no initials grace mirrors. <laughs> that would block his reflection. And another way, they're going like this. You guys know this is my home, and you're going to be reminded. This is considered minimalist. <laughs> right. That's minimalist. So right offhand, Mario, how do you think? I love it. it totally Except different. It's in Madrid, Spain, you know, which I, I'm not so much familiar with Madrid, and I wonder about the culture, but... Certainly, I know the United States. If I had this here, right, I love it. But it certainly is a beautiful, beautiful-looking structure. Can you say and more? For mo- that money, that really looks inexpensive. Mo- modern culture over here would be a lot more. Right. So, what I'm looking at is unlike the homes we covered last week, which are steep in tradition most of the time. This looks like something that is building toward a very kind of on the right-hand side, our right, maybe you guys left, almost looked like a corporate building with a swimming pool. So it's more modern. Are you more modern like that, Mike? I can work it. <laughs> see, see, don't say no, man. Don't I mean, say- you know, that wonderful lawn, yeah, right. there might be times you set out stuff on that lawn. Okay. Around the pool. All right. Right cool. now, he's got it clean and neat. It looks great, man. You could always add stuff, right, and put it up and then put it away. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. That's our number one. Let's go to number two. Why not talk about the guy that basically is leading the charge from Golden State? Steph Curry, Walnut Creek, California, $3.9 million home. The MVP scored with three a $3.9 million Mediterranean-style estate with five bedrooms, four fireplaces, outdoor kitchen, media game room, and a wine cellar. The 7,900-square-foot pad has a formal courtyard entry, two-story foyer, center island kitchen, and a master suite with its own private balcony, fireplace, office, and marble bathroom. The grounds include an 800-square-foot casita guest home. How you like that, Mario? I can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I can work in Walnut Creek. <laughs> right. Wait, wait. Walnut Creek is not a problem if you can buy it like this, right? That's nice. That's nice, huh? You like very that front? Nice. You like that front entrance? You go down. Yes. Oh man, that's just straight. Nice. That's straight game. Too bad it's far away from all my friends. <laughs> right, I no know. Be visiting. Fly them in, bro. Man, fly them in, bro. Just fly them in. All right, we're going to go to the next one. All right. Remember now, we're taking consideration the sport that you play because as you invest. You need to make sure that money's going to count and you're not going to give up that house just for looking like you own it for six months. Let's go to Dallas, Texas, where Jordan Spieth, professional golfer, reigns supreme. His $7.1 million mansion, nearly 1,700 square feet, 17,000 square feet. Brick exposed beam home boast suite amenities barely fit for a 22-year-old. Glass mosaic infinity pool, fire pit, golf simulator, wine cellar, and garage with an Augusta National Clubhouse mural. He's 22, and he's a golfer, and he's already dropping it like this, 7.1 million. You roll like that, Mario? Must be nice. Right, it's, oh, wait a minute. What do, you, what do you mean, man? You got to expand. Yeah, you wait a minute. You got to expand, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know my neighbors probably wouldn't like me. <laughs> right, okay. This is a nice look. Dallas, Texas. I've seen some of the homes in Dallas, and you, you, look, nice. You know, very nice, nice man. I like it. Very Remember, he's nice. a golfer, so he he's got a long term investment here. He can he can stay in that spot for a long time and even do more. Okay, about to take you over to a spot where you guys have to open your mind and think. Would you go here? 
We're back to soccer. Lionel Messi. He sits there and says, I'm in Barcelona, Spain. Check out my $8.1 million home. The world's best footballer will get a kick out of the 1-0 Echo House. His future sustainable home, which is not future, it is now because it's brand new and when it was developed. Shaped like a soccer ball. <laughs> the FC Barcelona striker hired Spanish architect Luis de Garrido to design the cylindrical three-level dwelling which showcases wooden terraces, hexagonal sectors, massive pool, pool yard, green roof garage, and a half grass solar mirrored roof that represents the geometrics of a soccer ball. He went extra.com. Are you staring like you're trying to figure yeah, it out? Yeah, to see what the rooms look like. I need to see it from a different oh, angle. Do, you know what? When you go see the rooms, you're going to like them. I like that water on the backside. It's like a moat almost, man, but it's Is not. Is that the water? That's water. That's, that, that's water. That's that's his layout, man. That's Master pool yard. Mm-hmm. See, you wow. enter from here and... That's why I said I need to see this one from a different angle. Yeah, it's, it, it got... It sure looks interesting. It, it, unbelievable. Rooftop gardens. Right. Yes. Spacious, right? Yeah, green roof garage. <laughs> You're right. He's gone eco-friendly. He's eco, sorry. Eco. And so I'm just saying, man, um, you have to think out of the box, man. And you still thinking. <laughs> wow, it's, wild, it's a wild one. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. It's cool, man. I like it. Let's go on to the next because this is important. Uh, you know, they used to holler out this name of this cat. They just would say Jeter. Well, his Tampa, Florida home drops at $7.7 million. The former New York Yankee legend retired to this peaceful English manor style home based in Tampa where his old franchise plays spring training games, nicknamed St. Jetersburg. The 31,000 square foot stone main mace boasts seven bedrooms, nine bathrooms, a waterfront pool, spa, private boat dock, and multiple three-car garages. The $13 million home is no shortstop. He'll likely reside here for a while. Now, the reason why it says that is because the market, they have a listing market price and then they have the actual price. So let's just say that it's 13 for the, the market, but still it was 7.7 at the time. You, can, you can't even get a close-up shot of his home. That's why everything is done from the back view because you can't get close. Mario, what do you think of this house, man? It's you. Well, it's majestic. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to live there. Yeah, what 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 doesn't strike you as being I don't know. So much house, so little yard. Yeah. Uh a lot of house. Yeah. A little yard. True. And it's in Tampa. <laughs> what are you what are you saying? Okay, I got one. Wait a minute, wait a minute, don't say nothing. If you had Florida. a choice. Florida. If you had a choice, Dallas or Tampa. Dallas, Dallas or Tampa, man. Like wait a minute, no, 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 no. You can't say you don't like. Dallas. You have to, if you right now had to bite the bullet. I don't know if I could and they say, Mario, we need you to stay in. Those are both high choices, but those are not states I want to live in. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They give yeah, you. Texas they say for thirty days we're going to give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars to stay in one of those cities. Which one? Dallas is supposed to be. <laughs> okay, there you go. You had to give in. That's okay, bro. I know it's struggling. <laughs> that face is killing me. 
<laughs> it's killing me. Last look at this house. That's Derek Jeter. Listen, I'm sorry, man. I can't help it. It's funny. Okay, let's go to the next one. You know, I'm just going to simply say it. Everybody knows about MJ, right? Jupiter, Florida. $16.1 million. What's Florida? What's with this Florida? <laughs> There's a reason. I'll get to that later. Jeez. Okay. The Legends uh, palatial $12.4 million Jupiter, Jupiter estate, which he tried to put on the market for a lot more, up near $29 million. But right now, I think it sits somewhere around sixteen. A guard tower. <laughs> right. Two-story they guard go. tower. Wait a minute. Hold on. The estate is step, uh, steps from golf greens at Jack Nicklaus' exclusive gated Bears Club. The 28,000-square-foot mansion has 18 structures, 11 bedrooms, a lavish athletic complex with basketball court and gym, a two-story guard tower to protect him from the bitter Knicks fans, that's jacked up, or ISIS, and a media room that powerfully ventilates cigar smoke during Jordan's high-stakes poker games. <laughs> Dude. Dude, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want to be the king, Mark? You want to be the king? I'll pass. <laughs> wait, 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 why, man? I just passed. I'll pass. It's too much for you? It's too much. I don't like where it is. I don't want to be steps from Jack Nicholas exclusive gated bears. Nothing. I don't want it. No, thank you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If I have to pay that kind of money, I'll buy something here in LA. But you know, you do know that, Mario, when you are billionaires. This is a cost that's Why? like... What's, all, what's with all this Florida stuff? Wonder if it's taxes. Whatever. <laughs> Wonder if it's... They got that. You could do that different in all right. kinds of states. Yeah, yeah, I know, but... I don't know. Tax. Tax. Sorry, tax, tax. I'll pass. Okay. All right, we're going to take you up to the top, more. You're going to pick your A and B. All right? We're going to take you from the top. We see how you roll. Obviously, anything very mega, you have a rough time with, and I understand so we're going to leave it alone. Well, we're going to start off with Cristiano Ronaldo. Look at those cuts. That's in Madrid, Spain. Mm-hmm. Like wow. that. Steph Curry. Walnut Creek. Walnut Cal- Creek. Jordan Spice. Space Spice. 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 Yeah, Dallas, Spice. Texas. Lionel Messi. Mmm, man. Wow. That, that, that. Mm, Barcelona. Derek Jeter. Hey, Florida. Mario doesn't feel too good about Tampa. Michael Jordan. Jupiter, Florida. So what do you think? (laughs) So here you go. Give me your number one and your number number two. I think I already know what it is. It's going to be probably Lionel Messi. Oh, you like that, huh? Just because it's so unique. Yeah. And a close, but what I really just like to live in, personally. Oh, Except it's in Madrid. Yeah, but that's tight, though, man. That's so beautiful. It is so tight. Uh, gotta mention Steph Curry, at least it's in California. Yes. You know, but you know, let's assume we're looking at the place and not the location. Right, right. If you're looking at the place, I like it's that clean look of this. I like that. That's my number one. That's the look I love. And I can put stuff out and pull yes. it out. Yeah, that's my and number one. I like Steph Curry, too. Yeah. You know, it's a little different kind of look with the, the traditional Mediterranean. Yeah, not that for me. And then just because this, again, is so unique. Yeah. So unique. Yeah, it's kind of hard because, you know, you have to sell the idea that you're going to have a football. Wait. <laughs> Your soccer football is it's a th- theme. I can see him doing this, but just the round, I got to deal with the round. But once you go in and you see w- what it's like, you'll appreciate it. So I just can give you my first one, and, and that's Cristiano Ronaldo. After that, I'm confused. I'm done, man. It's time to get out of here. 
Wow. I want to thank our Facebook friends for tuning in and being part of the ongoing experiment that is Pack Stereo TV. We've been loving it. We've been loving it. We've been having a good time being here with you. So, and remember, this week, Tuesday night, The Quiet Storm. Wednesday, we have a scripting, Marl Hemsley. Friday, the Friday Night Agenda with I, Victor, and the Magic Mixtape. Be there. Until then, you know we say, ain't nobody got our DNA. Thank you for being here.
Everybody's got my DNA.